Good to go. All right. Uh, hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, the show that wishes it could blame its lack of work history on ceasing to exist for five years. I'm Max. And I'm JR. How's it going? Oh, it's going. Stretching out, doing a Muppet dance. Fun. Yay! Yay. Uh, Get the blood flowing. Woo! Cool. Yeah, yeah. And yourself. Good. Good. Just uh, you know, keeping on. Yep. Uh, yeah. There's uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've already talked about like. There's not a lot going on in this household. Uh, went to the grocery store yesterday and was in there for too long, and my anxiety was getting was already getting to the point where it was like it's time to go. You're, I can't yeah. find the Cheerios because they've moved everything around. But okay, whatever. Um, I'm going to take one last pass and then I got to get out of here. And that was when I walked by the people that had their mask on under their nose and then took a look to my left and saw near the eggs were the entire family with no masks on at all. And I was like, God damn it. Yeah. We're so close, guys. Seriously. Why? Why? Just... A li- if everybody it's just a little bit long fuck and then at that point i was like i i gotta get out of here and uh managed to leave pop tarts behind so that sucks uh all right other than, other than that news? yeah uh news so the uh the first thing we have to uh, talk about is that uh, Doctor Doom is getting married in Fantastic Four number thirty-three. Um, he's going to be getting married to uh, Victorious. His uh, so if you've not been if you've not been following Fantastic Four of late, there's a character named Victorious who has like a a portion of the power cosmic through various fuckery. And, uh, she has, she's sort of become, uh, like, uh, doom's personal champion. So here coming up, the two of them are going to get married. Uh, which, I don't know. On the one hand, on the one hand, I hope kind of chills them out a little bit. But on the <laughs> other hand, I don't because Doom is a fun villain. But also, like, where do we have to go with Doom the villain that we haven't already gone? You know? Yeah. So I'd kind of like. You know, they've kind of mellowed him out in recent years in that, like, he's kind of a godfather to Franklin and Valeria, and, like, uh, you know, he's not he's not constantly at odds with the Fantastic Four uh, in more recent years, whereas, you know, before it was just, like, curse you Richards all the time. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't I don't I don't know. 
We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I can't find... I guess I'm looking at the wrong section. Uh, I want to know what this person he's marrying looks like. Oh. I don't know why. Well. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the, I, agree, uh... I agree that having him mellow the hell out is at least, like, all the way out. And just, you know, rule his friggin' country, if that's still a thing, would be a lot more interesting than constantly trying to kill uh richard i sent i sent you a link to her wiki page um yeah it's like i said it's just it's it's i think that you know doom is due doom is due a change yeah um that's not to say you have to that's not to say you have to completely change the character but just like you know something new cool yeah yeah um so yeah i hope they don't like drop her into the sun or something immediately afterward and make him even more angry well yeah (sighs) yeah i wouldn't be surprised (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If they're just like, uh, hey, he's really happy. And uh, she exploded. And now he yeah. wants revenge. Yeah. So. She I don't exploded know. We'll and it's Reed's fault somehow. Yeah. Like, like that... Reed, Reed accidentally like stepped on a trigger. Like there's a button on the floor. Why did you put that there? And not like have <laughs> the... a safeguard of some sort. <laughs> Why did you put the explode my wife button on the floor of the reception hall? What is wrong with you? <laughs> well, you stepped Doom on just it. likes to keep things interesting. <laughs> this is a bit too interesting, Doom. Yeah. Uh, all right. What else we got? Uh, the culture warriors are angry over the, the upcoming gay Captain America. And I mean, so here's the thing. So, you know, Captain America is one of those characters that, you know, he's kind of like Superman in that because the character stands for certain things, they have to recontextualize the character every so often and just be kind of like, okay, you know, we live in a different world than when the character was created. What does this character stand for in light of that? Right. Uh, and so what they're doing uh, coming up is a series called United States of Captain America, wherein Steve Rogers kind of goes walkabout for a while. Uh, because that's what they do in these. Like, you know, Superman just walks across the U.S., Cap has to do it too. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Everything old is new again. Um, But over the course of things, he has run-ins with the other people who have all been Captain America. So John Walker, Bucky, Sam, like all of these, all of the past Caps will be showing up. Plus, he's going to meet various people he has inspired and yada, yada, yada. And one of those people is a young man named Aaron Fisher, 
who is gay, and who has decided to follow Captain America's lead. Um, like he fights on behalf of people who need it. And like people are pooping their pants because, ah, gay Captain America. And it's just like, calm down. Like it's a, it's a character in a single story who, you know, is, is when you, when you recontextualize Captain America or anyone for a new modern era that is going to include gay people because it's 2021 like yeah this why isn't, this isn't hard well and the concept isn't even difficult to explain yeah. because it's like it's just like with the fucking Dr. Seuss thing and all that other shit where it's just like, ah, they're taking away something. And it's, and it's like, well, no, <laughs> no, they're no not. One <laughs> no one's doing that. Uh, and uh, Cap's still here. This is just another thing. Like, it's okay. Chill. We're exploring yeah. the space. Oh, my God. Right. Well, yeah, and so, as is so often the case, you know, they're leaving out pertinent information. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's... That's part of the game. gay Captain America, and it's just like, no, it's a gay man who dresses as Captain America, uh, but it's not... Steve Rogers is still here. Steve yeah. Rogers is never fully going to go away. We've proven that time and again. <laughs> um, You know... Like, Steve Rogers is still here. This is just a guy who, you know, cosplays Captain America as he helps people. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just, but it gets so wrapped up in all the culture war bullshit and, you know, whatever. I just, I'm so tired of the bad faith crap yeah um so you know if you're upset about the gay captain america i don't know get the fuck over it get just get over yeah. it like i have no time for you i also am not Whatever. going to explain it to you any more than no he's not like <laughs> like they're making captain america gay no they're not no. uh it's we, we could stand here all day and argue about who's the real Captain America because that's kind of the point of the character. Um, but like, or at least the title is that they've been working with, like they've been working around it throughout even the stuff that we've been reading. It's like, what does Captain America mean? Is it a title? Is it his part? Is it who he is? Like, right. and in the 70s and 80s, I like it better when Cap and Captain America and Steve Rogers are synonymous. Like, we don't have to do that. Later on, when we learn more things about the legacy of the name, like we were talking before the show, it is more interesting to see to see it more as a mantle instead of a instead of just his identity. Um, right. But I, you know, and they still do a good job of that by making 
when Steve is Captain America, he is Captain America. Like, mm-hmm. let's... I don't know. Yeah. It's... So. I, I don't have any time for you if you're coming at me with bullshit. Like, I just... I... I, I am happy to... Um, if you know, I am generally happy if someone wants to have a conversation about something, I'm happy to explain like where I'm coming from and say like, no, like this is, you're wrong about blank. Uh, but you know, if it's clear from the get go that somebody's coming at it from a bad pay, bad faith perspective, I'm just, I'm not inclined to do that shit anymore. No. Like, you know. Nope. I'm just, I'm, my blood pressure can't take that shit. So, fuck you. Um, <laughs> comics. Comics. Um, we start this week with Avengers Annual number 8, which has a cover by George Perez and Terry Austin. Written by Roger Slifer, penciled by George Perez, inked by Pablo Marcos and Ricardo Villamonte, colored by Carl Gafford, lettered by Joe Rosen and Elaine Heinel, and edited by Roger Stern. Uh, Hank Pym, as an anniversary gift for Jan, pieces the pieces Doc Spectrum's gem back together in order to present it to her. Uh, but Hank as Pym, is, giant dumbass. As is the case with everything Hank Pym does, it inevitably winds up almost destroying the Avengers. Um, like, I I cannot... <laughs> that is one of those things that, you know, Hank Pym and Professor X really should not be allowed to do anything anymore because it's always going to go wrong. Yeah. It's always going to, you know... It's going to be like, hey, I made you a birthday card, and that card will then try to murder everyone he loves. Um, Why did you give the card guns? What was wrong with you? It's a card. I mean, you just, you start tinkering. Um, I got away with I was going to array the hell out of it to see if it could maybe make it float. Uh, what is wrong? Shut up. Just write happy yeah. birthday. Yeah. But so, the the gem's malevolent intelligence takes over Jan and is gunning for Thor. It doesn't happen, but, you know, it tries. It tries its best. Um, so, yeah. Just stop, Hank. Just buy something from a store. Stop building shit. Um, well, like, in his whole thesis is... The gem was destroyed. I've put it back together and flawlessly. Therefore, it's safe. Yeah. I'm giving you a look, man. Yeah. Wait. What? Yeah. No, it's it's fine now. What do you mean it's fine now? You put it together perfectly. That thing's yeah. a conduit to whatever intelligence that... What is... Yeah. You should have left some imperfections. Also, you know what? That would have been a better, uh, you know, representation of your love for Jan. It's in, the imperfections make it beautiful, right? Like, 
That's corny uh, shit. I, shit. I know. I mean, like, in the case of Hank and Jan, I don't know that that's the right tactic to take. Uh, all right. Uh, Fair enough. I was trying uh, to go for corny, but like... No, I get it. I'm, I'm with you in theory. I'm just saying it's like, um, you know, it's like romanticizing the love between joker and harley quinn you know it's just kind of like i don't think i get where you're coming bad. from but i don't know if the, this is the right relationship to do that with i think that's uh. yeah i don't think it's that bad it's it's not that i mean like yeah but it's not it's not a healthy relationship <laughs> um anyway yeah so uh, basically, uh, she becomes Doc Spectrum. Uh, they punch the Doc Spectrum out of her, uh, <laughs> and she goes into a coma, which eventually she wakes up from. It's it's fine. It's what I, yeah they they defeat the whole thing because Thor gets taken over, but then like reverts to Donald Blake, and it's defeated. Whatever. Uh, Daredevil number 155 has a cover by Gene Colan and Frank Springer, written by Roger McKenzie, penciled by Frank Robbins, inked by Frank Springer, colored by Bob Sharon, lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Denise Wall, and edited by Bob Hall. Uh, Daredevil starts randomly getting headaches that keep interfering with his, uh, life, <laughs> um... He, he keeps, like, falling and, uh, you know, just, he's a shit show. Um, and eventually, like, he finds out that Black Widow's in New York at Avengers Mansion, so he goes to confront her and it becomes a whole thing. Um, and uh, also, Matt hires a new secretary, Becky, who... Uh, is in a wheelchair and there's a whole lot there's a whole lot of like you know ableist she's bullshit. like do what i was gonna say ableist bullshit where she's down on herself because she's in a wheelchair and she'll never live up to being able to it's so bad it's well it's it's not it's not great she lashes out at people because they don't think she can do things but then she secretly thinks she can't do things and it's it's a mess but whatever moving on um, um yeah, does anything else interesting happen in this well so black widow and hercules are at avengers mansion black widow and Her hercules have been maybe fucking yeah um but then like matt shows up and so that kind of throws a monkey wrench in the whole thing. Um, well, like, and he shouldn't be here anyway. Like, his whole deal is like, I'm... He's like, he starts out by just being like, I'm gonna go visit Natasha and, you know, see if we're even friendly. And then he yeah. gets there and completely flips his lid, beats up Cap and Beast and at Avengers Mansion and is like starts raving about how she she betrayed him and she, she he's going to make her pay and it's like yeah. 
it's so left like it's left field on purpose because he's clearly having some kind of goddamn episode but also like you're you shouldn't have been here anyway anyway yeah yeah so obviously they realize something's wrong but anyway uh daredevil number 156 has a cover by Gene Colan and Joe, Joe Rubenstein, penciled by Gene Colan, inked by Fraus, Klaus Jansen, uh, colored by Francois Mouly, and lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Elaine Heinel. Um, they take Matt to the hospital, uh, where we find out that in his confrontation with Mr. Hyde, he'd suffered a concussion, and that's where all of this is coming from. But he slips into a coma and winds up having to fight against himself. Um, And it becomes a whole, like, you know, do I give in and just allow myself to slip away? Or do I fight and take back my life? Which, we know which way he's going to go, but whatever. (laughs) Um, And meanwhile, Deathstalker is just like, ha ha, I will murder him. Um, because fucking Deathstalker, man. Yep. <laughs> um, I thought, and when he showed up in the previous issue, I was like, oh man, you were dead. You got yeah. blowed up. You blowed up yourself. Yeah. Damn it. Fortunately, oh, well. this time around, I think he, he actually does mostly stay dead. Like other than a little bit of time travel fuckery later, he actually does die. So... Uh, hooray! But, uh, Daredevil number 157 has a cover by Gene Colan and Al Milgram and is written by Mary Jo Duffy and Roger McKenzie, colored by Glynis Ween, lettered by Joe Rosen, and edited by Al Milgram. Uh, Daredevil is out of his coma, uh, and feeling a lot better. Uh, and he and the Avengers fight Deathstalker. Um... And, you know, Deathstalker gets away and they're all just like, you know, well, that fucking sucked. Hercules, meanwhile, skulks off because like after after Daredevil came out of his Kona, coma, Kona, whatever. After Daredevil woke up, um, Natasha was so happy that they kissed and Hercules is just like. This is bullshit and like leaves. <laughs> and it's just like, come on, man. You're a fucking Greek god. Like, yeah. I... You've been around long enough. You can. I. The, this is the thing that's slightly frustrating at times where it's just like, you're a timeless immortal. Um, but like, how about a little of personal growth occasionally? <laughs> like, you know? But whatever. Um, well, yeah, I don't know. It's dumb. I wish yeah. they would just be like... I wish it would be more on brand for Herc if he were like, Oh, hell yeah. Like, just <laughs> just a little Baki and Ollie in him. Just, and a, just like, every, anybody wants... Every, just everybody gets some. I don't care yeah. how. I don't care who with. I just everybody gets some. And Hercules, Hercules here should have just been like, Oh, I guess we're a thruple now. Cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Have to talk to him about that because uh, consent's important. But yeah, I like I like where we're going here. 
Like, all right, all right. I, I think that's <laughs> all right, all right, yeah. <laughs> and like that would have been way weirder <laughs> and more interesting if he was just like, okay, cool. Uh, what do you mean, cool? I thought you guys were like a thing. Doesn't mean we're not. Okay, okay well, hey, man. Doesn't mean we're not. I'm just saying. Also, have you seen their relationship? It's fucked. I'm just gonna wait around. Um, I don't know. Yeah, he should. He really ought to. He really ought to be more. Like, here. Here's the thing. Mythologies like the Greek and Norse mythologies are interesting because the gods are flawed. Yeah. But by the same token. You know, you're fucking Hercules, man. You have nothing to prove. Uh, you should be secure in yourself. And so, like, why, why, when this, when, like, they're so happy that they kiss, does Hercules just skulk off like a, like a whipped dog? Like, just be like, okay, cool. Hey, yeah. you know, it's he been fun. He needs to be so secure in himself that he literally goes, Hey, good job, guys. Like, I, it's just maddening that he would be pouty like this. Yeah. yeah. But uh, ultimately, though, the Animen uh, attack the storefront and abduct Matt Murdock. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, and him and um, Heather are... Uh, May, or getting back yeah, together or they, not. They make up and Becky is just like, and it's just like, shut up. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think, I think it's a little too quick after her introduction for her to be this upset about things. Like, I get, I get, I feel like we've kind of moved there, her a little too far along. Heather? For where she's at. This is like her third day on the job. She's known right. Matt for five goddamn minutes. And she's just like, why won't he ever love me? Like, And it's just like, what do you... I have yogurt in my fridge that's older than this relationship. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's Also, it's work. He, like, is she so stark? Well, maybe... I don't know the rest of her life. Maybe no one in the entire world is ever nice to her. And Matt was nice to her once, and now, like, that's unhealthy. Don't do that. It's super unhealthy, <laughs> and I don't have to be okay with that. <laughs> no, like, I'm not saying ew. it's okay. I'm just saying, like, you need to, you definitely need to chill, and maybe just do your job for a minute. It's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. He's You're a nice still guy. still learning the filing system, ma'am. Like, yeah. <laughs> Learn and that I'm, first, then then try to fuck the boss. And then knowing these two nut nut jobs, these two not nut jobs, these two uh, idiots that Matt, Matt and Foggy are, they don't have a great filing system. You're you've got your work cut out for you here. Yeah. Like just do that for a while. Hang around. Wait to make your maybe Natasha and Heather will get hit by a plane. It's New York in the Marvel universe. That's possible. Not only that, but, like, Heather's the type of person, like, uh, you know, you meet her and within five minutes you're probably going to be like, oh, this isn't going to last. Yeah. Um, like, 
you don't just bide your time. Like Heather's going to self-destruct at some point. That's a given. Um, There's no way she doesn't. And especially given that at the, before the Animen show up, uh, he had met Natasha the night before or the day before and he met heather shortly after like he met with both of them and accidentally scheduled dates with both of them and uh so they both show up at the same time being like hey what the hell and natasha's just natasha and very uh secure in herself and is like well looks like you uh you screwed up there bud and meanwhile in the back heather's all like fuming and pissy and like and it's like, you know he's Daredevil now. Everybody in this room except Foggy and, uh, what's her face? Becky. The new girl. Becky. Know that he's Daredevil. Uh, just chill. Everybody, yeah. he's gonna screw up all the time because he's leading a double life. He's literally leading a double life. Um, yeah, but ultimately, <sighs> like, the Animen managed to escape with Matt... Uh, except for Birdman, who gets taken down. So Catman and Gorilla Man escape with him. Um, which brings us to Daredevil number 158, which has a cover by Frank Miller and Joseph Rubenstein, written by Roger McKenzie, penciled by Frank Miller, and colored by George Russo's. And, you know, I, it's, I have to confess, like, Frank Miller's lost a lot of his shine. I mean... Uh, you know, like... Yeah. But... One has to... One has to admit that regardless... It is exciting that he's on here now because... So much of what we think of as Daredevil... Is Frank Miller's run. Yeah. Um... And so it's 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 one of those things that I'm torn on because yeah, yeah, like it's it's hard not to just be like, oof, oh boy, Frank Miller, like <laughs> um so much of what I dislike about Batman now is because of Frank Miller. Though I recognize that's not even necessarily his fault. It's just he wrote some Batman and now everybody's just like, this is who Batman is. And it's like, does he have to be, though? Um, but, be anything. Uh, but, but also just like Frank Holy Terror Miller. Um, but. Given that, him, given that we've slogged our way... They let him make way... three of those. They let him make three of that, which is just like... Did they? At one point, I thought so. Maybe I I'm just recall. thinking of the third Dark Knight thing they did. Which I was think... also like... Ugh. Is it third or fourth now? Because there was... Ugh. I think they're up to four now. Whatever. Anyway, the matter. point is... The point is, like... After the slog Daredevil has been, after we've after we've suffered through Mike Murdoch and everything else, to get to such a seminal run, 
For better or worse, is an exciting moment because there's going to be a lot to talk about here that isn't just like, oh god, Daredevil again. Yeah. Um, I mean, as soon as we're going to get to do a lot of interesting things with character and relationships that we were talking last time about how um, Spider-Man's supporting cast is interesting because they work right like they're they're not just a bunch of people that are also around spider-man which is we were i think we were making that in in reference to miss marvel and it was like who are these people what are they to her i don't care about their bullshit get me to her why can't this book be her book um and spider-man supporting cast is all influencing the way that i see spider-man right because i care about those people because he cares about them and i see that in the things that he does daredevil has been a lot of like here does this work no fuck okay does this work no even foggy's that way right where it's like yeah and coming up we're going to get (laughs) electra coming in and basically just knocking the fucking table over and being like okay we're starting over Everybody yeah. in this book is important or they're not in the book. Um, yeah. Because she's going to wreck his fucking world. And it's like, that's cool. I'm here for that. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, a whole lot of Daredevil has been throwing stuff against the wall to see if it sticks. And it doesn't. Where, yeah, like, Frank Miller's run really solidifies the character, solidifies you know, who these people are and how they interact and the way they which and the way in which they move through the world. And it's something that, yeah, Daredevil has very been very much been missing. And that's a that's a great point. Well, so. and also like the way that they the way that him being Daredevil impacts these people has always been so nebulous, right? And, like, for better or worse, when Karen comes back, like, the way that knowing Matt impacts... It's it's at least substantive, right? Like, she fucks... She's fucked up. And it's because... And that's problematic, but it is... It's presented as she's fucked up because she's in love with him. And that's, like, at least something, right? It's not great, but it's something. Um, Yeah. And the, you know, like, Natasha's too strong a character for this book. Get her in her own thing, right? Like, I liked her in Champions because she was in charge. Um, Heather, like you say, <clears throat> would be an interesting explosion to watch. But it, you know, oh, I would, yeah. it, it would be like a train wreck. <laughs> but, like, I, I just, we need to get to that so that something can fucking happen there. Yeah. They keep tiptoeing up to that ledge and then backing off. Um yeah. And then Becky, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I want you to be cool and a supporting character that's like in the background with Foggy. Foggy and his fiance, whose name I forget constantly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's here too at the beginning of this book. At yeah. the beginning of 158. I guess she was there in 157. And it's, it's whatever. Like, let's, let's go. Yeah. Okay, the thrust is that they take Matt to the... A graveyard. A graveyard where Deathstalker's like, ha ha ha, shallow grave with your 
name on it. I figured out that you're Daredevil. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he kills Ape Man and Cat Man. Uh, which Daredevil, Daredevil try, like the thing I, the thing that I like about Daredevil in this issue is that he tries to warn people. Yeah. He doesn't just let things happen. He's like, Hey, don't do it. He's going to kill you. Yeah. And they're like, whatever, man. And he's like, no, serious. Like, look behind you. <laughs> and then they die. And then even when Deathstalker up and kills himself, Daredevil's like trying to prevent it. Yeah. Um, but Deathstalker does die. He solidifies in the middle of a tombstone like a dipshit. Um, and even, so, yeah. this, even this fight's the best Deathstalker fight. Like, it is. it's a it's... low goddamn bar, I know, but, like, it's a good fight. Um, because he's actually, like, using the space. He's doing more than just running away and, like, throwing shit at him. I mean, he's doing a lot of that, too, but, like, the fact that, you know, he can he can get around Deathstalker because Deathstalker's really only got one move, which is fucking lunge at you and then yeah. turn, turn intangible if he misses and he starts to use that which is like a good it's a better fight than i've seen at a daredevil in a while and that's again low bar but it's a good fight well and i i like the fact that you know this ultimate death stalker's death happens because he gets so utterly rattled he starts making massive mistakes um so yeah not a bad issue um but yeah uh so that brings us to a brief aside uh with fantastic four number 201 which has a cover by keith pollard joe sinnott and irving watanabe written by marv wolfman penciled by keith pollard inked by joe sinnott colored by francois moulet uh lettered by john costanza uh edited by marv wolfman and jim shooter the ff say goodbye to Latveria and return to the Baxter building. Uh, but then like their systems start going haywire and they start being attacked by their own defenses. Uh, they do manage to bring it under control, but they still don't know what the fuck happened. Um, and in the end, um, they managed to convince Reed who'd been waffling this entire issue about staying together uh they managed to convince him we belong together and so at the end of this the ff is officially back together um sue is a badass yeah oh i was gonna quit doing that um sue is awesome in this she it's well good use of her powers good use of like her arguing with reed about why they should stay together um like sue is sue is great in this and um i need that called out because like in the middle section as they're being attacked like there's some gas in a room they're trying to get johnny down a pipe to get him to like the central core of the security system or whatever johnny gets taken out so she has to go down herself with thing holding on to the line uh but she's got the shield up the whole... Or no, once she gets in the pipe, she lets the shield down. Um, but then something happens. Thing, she starts falling. 
finds Johnny unconscious, manages to take out the security corps herself. It's all very cool. Um, Sue's got the best power set, period. Um, always has. And she's she's learning to use it in really interesting ways. I like it a lot. Um, yeah. And, yeah. I also like... Reed's making decent points at some... at periods throughout i think it's this story where he's like we weren't supposed to be crime fighters like yeah can you guys promise me that we're not gonna just devolve into crime fighting because that's what we have been doing and that's not what we're meant to be doing and well and and that's like an in indictment the larger on the sense, that's that's not yeah that's not what the fantastic four is supposed to be the fantastic four you know I will I will bang on about this issue uh until I'm until I die uh but there was a um there was an issue back in 2001ish um something like that during the um during the run with like Mark Wade and Mike Waringo and uh it was it was the ten like one of the ten cent twenty five cent issues but it had it has one of the best deconstructions of what the Fantastic Four is supposed to be about. Uh ever mm-hmm. and um it it is the book that made me care about the fantastic four um i'm trying to find what specific issue it was it was like in the early 500s um but the the upshot is that um it is um in it they address the fact that the fantastic four aren't they aren't spider-man they aren't daredevil they don't go uh patrolling they don't um they don't mess with that shit it is uh they are explorers who can do what needs to be done it's fantastic four volume three number 60 that's my bad it was right before they resumed the numbering um and it is you know it's phenomenal and it really cuts to the quick of who the characters are they're explorers who occasionally have to fight crime but that's not they're not those guys and it this issue does a good job of just being like we shouldn't be but like yeah um read fantastic four number 60 it's good shut up (laughs) 
Um, well, and he does manage to get that across to them is like, we were supposed to be delving the depths of the earth. We accidentally, with our super science, found a monster and beat the shit out of it. But like, that's kind of what we should be doing. Like, yeah. I got this whole zone I found that's full of actual goddamn monsters. We're supposed to kind of be in there figuring out if it's anything like yeah. other than full of monsters. Um, and they're not doing that. They're doing a lot of like petty for them things that, yeah, yeah are world shaking. And like, yeah, we, you need to stop Doom because he fucking hates you when he's going to light the world on fire to kill you. But at the same time, you deal with that when it shows up. You That isn't your main focus. And yeah. everybody's like, you know what? You're right. But yeah. we can do that, too. We don't have to disband. We don't have to destroy the entire enterprise because we're currently not doing that. We just do yeah. that instead, like we're supposed yeah. to. And he's like, "All right, that's all I needed to hear." And it's, yeah. it, I mean, also there's some lovey dovey family stuff, but all, but and that's good and important to the to the characters as well. But like the main thing is, let's get back to what we're supposed to be doing. And yeah. uh, you, you nailed it. Yeah. So Fantastic Four number 202 has a cover by Dave Cockrum and John Buscema, inked by Joe Sennett and lettered on there by Irving Watanabe. Penciled, the book is penciled by John Buscema, colored by Janice Cohen, and lettered by Jim Novak. Um, the Fantastic Four are attacked by Iron Man. Um, and they wind up getting pitched out the windows. <laughs> Uh, at which point, the dumbest feature of the Baxter building gets brought into play, which is that the top levels can be disconnected and flown away in case an experiment gets out of control. Um, so, I wonder how he explained that. Remember, they're renting this space. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder how he explained that to the owners when the contractors were sawing the building in half and placing pylons to keep it in place. No, 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 This is a safety feature. Believe me, yeah. you'll be able to sell this going forward. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but so they, the Fantastic Four go to see Tony Stark and they're just like, what the fuck, man? And Tony Stark's like, well, that was an Iron Man. And they're like, well, you'll excuse us if we ask him. So Tony goes and changes into Iron Man, comes back in, and he's like, it wasn't me. And World's, uh, world's smartest man, Reed Richards, completely baffled by why Tony can't be in the room with Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, let me uh, go get him. Okay, here he is. You said... Is Tony coming back? Uh, no, no. Uh, he had some stuff to do. Diarrhea. And Reed's just like, okay, okay. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, um, so Iron Man and the Fantastic Four, uh, follow follow the top levels of the Baxter Building, uh, and it turns out that the Iron Man that attacked was a robot being controlled by. The malevolent AI Quasimodo, uh, who is trying to get to space. And in the end, he succeeds. Hooray for Quasimodo. Yeah, Quasimodo's 
okay, so he's a bad guy, right? But he is kind of a tragic character in that all he wants to do... His main drive is to not be here anymore because it sucks for him, right? Yeah. And he's just a shit about it. Like, if you were to just go to... If he were to just walk into the Baxter building and be like, Reed, I'm a horrifying monster man of a computer, and I don't want to be here anymore. Can we... Can we facilitate that? And Reed would be like, so you just want to go to space? I do that on... This, that, that's Tuesday. Let's go. We can drop you off on the way to the store. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, You want to go gets, to the negative zone? You'll be left alone even more there. Yeah, I mean, like, and you'll get to work out some shit. Like, do you need, like, some physical activity? Because uh, it's a zone... As I've said before, it's a zone full of monsters. You can yeah. just go beat up Annihilus until you're blue in the face. You're, yeah yeah it'll match the rest of you no bad no no okay that was no anyway <laughs> um yeah uh quasimodo will follow him through something else not that anybody gives a shit um so back to daredevil um Daredevil number 159 has a cover by Frank Miller and Joe Robenstein, uh, written by Roger McKenzie, penciled by Frank Miller, inked by Klaus Jansen, colored by Glynis Ween, lettered by Jim Novak, and edited by Mary Jo Duffy and Al Milgram. Um, guy who st- is... I just wanted to say, back to Daredevil, don't you threaten me. Oh, wait, <laughs> no, we're actually liking Daredevil, sort of, almost. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Bullseye, uh, hires a, a geriatric assassin named Eric Slaughter to kill Daredevil. Um, so Slaughter and all his men go after Daredevil. They fail. Uh, but at the end of it, Bullseye is just like, that's fine. I got what I needed. And he decides to go after Black Widow to strike at Daredevil. Um, this issue, this issue is pretty whatever like it's it's kind of a it's so kind of meh but if well um, if you've seen the show um it's interesting to me because in the first season there's this fight at a uh pier right and that's where mm-hmm. this takes place is it's, it's very reminiscent the show is very reminiscent of this issue in that it's a lot of him skulking around taking dudes out yeah and vanishing back into the shadows before they know where he's at and bonus it ends with him grabbing turk by the throat and basically being like who the fuck is sent you after me um and breaking his jaw and leaving running him letting him go so that he could follow him which again very the show is very much like this turk becomes Frank Miller really likes this character. This no nothing, no, this nothing thug. If I have one complaint about, I have probably a few, but I will have a few. But too much fucking Turk. God, I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, too much Turk this week, because yeah. he finds a bit. He beats him up at the pier, and then later Turk's in the same bar that Matt goes into scoping out information and happens to punch him again. Uh, that is later. He punches him again, gets the information about somebody, and yeah, we'll get to it. 
yeah it's uh it's it's when i say it's kind of meh um it the the actual like daredevil dealing with the assassins isn't bad it's just that like it at the end of it you find out that bullseye didn't really even intend for them to succeed uh and that it was all just about him like i don't know scoping out daredevil again and so it just kind of feels like then why did we do this what was what was the point of this other than just daredevil beating up a bunch of dudes and that's a worthwhile endeavor but like <laughs> in terms of the overarching plot of these next few issues it doesn't really add much yeah um so it, i mean slaughter being in and out and then nothing really comes there's no consequences to bullseye just using his there well whatever we'll get to it yeah yeah all right so daredevil number 160 has a cover by frank miller and klaus jansen and is lettered by joe rosen um ben urich starts digging into matt murdoch uh putting the pieces together for what will ultimately be the realization that holy shit he's daredevil um meanwhile bullseye uh attacks black widow and takes her hostage so as to flush out daredevil that's the that's the basic gist of the issue um you know, it takes it takes Daredevil a couple of days to realize it. Um, a fact that gets kind of glossed over in the issue. Uh, you know, because, like, when you read this story arc, if you're just going off of the story beats, then it just seems like it was fairly quick. But when you when you're actually like paying attention to what daredevil is saying it's a couple of days before matt realizes that natasha's not around and so yeah like she was just tied to a <laughs> tied to a post at a at coney island for a couple days while matt was off i don't know lawyering at first sex he, with heather well him and heather are on the outs by the end of this because she once again is like hey uh because they go to visit her dad's grave and she's yeah. like you know i still haven't truly forgiven daredevil for this even though i understand more about what happened can you just right. tell me that it's never going to happen again and he's like he just stands there and she's like why won't you answer me and he's like it's it's this it's the whole thing like i can't tell you i won't do this kind of thing won't happen it's being around me that's what it is and then he sulks about it because she calls him an asshole for not willing to change his ways and he's we do a lot of like the who am i daredevil or matt murdoch thing and yeah okay okay fine moving on eventually he's like you know i haven't heard from natasha probably ought to check in on that 
Also, maybe yeah. she maybe also maybe she'll want to make out. Yeah. Um, and then he goes and checks her place. She's been taken. It's it's a mess. It's a mess. He goes to the bar that I was talking about before as Matt to listen in on some thugs, hoping to pick up something. He does. Uh, finds out that it's Bullseye that's taken her and uh, threatens Turk again to, to let her let Bullseye know that Daredevil is coming. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Daredevil number one sixty one is lettered by Diana Albers, um, and we we get um, we get more of Ben digging into Matt. And finding out that Matt's childhood nickname was Daredevil. Uh, or having it confirmed for him that Matt's uh, childhood nickname was Daredevil. And uh, stuff like that. Daredevil, meanwhile, heads to heads to the amusement park. Uh, where he fi- fights a bunch of Slaughter's men. Uh... Natasha is seemingly tied to a roller coaster track and hit by a, uh, by the train. <laughs> uh, but Daredevil knew it was just a dummy. Um, and Bull's like, Bullseye's like, how did he know? How did he know? Um, and then, you know. Natasha manages to get free, and so she and Daredevil start fucking everything up. Slaughter's men withdraw, and uh, Bullseye is reduced to a gibbering mess by the end of it. Thus setting the stage for the straight-up loco uh, Bullseye that we see later on. You know, this is the point at which we start... We really start... Because before, you know, he was a dangerous sociopath. Uh, sure. But here he's, like, legitimately reduced to madness uh, because of all this shit. So, I yeah. have forgotten that that is a, another big... Because he's the one that kills Elektra. Duh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. This is going to be fun. Um, yeah. Crazy-ass Bullseye is... Uh, while it's not handled delicately, um, it is, or even with any amount of tact, it is the funnest version of this character. Because, to me, uh, that I've read. Because it's a lot more dangerous. Like, he's dangerous here, but he's also got all these goons around him, and, like, he's having to depend on Slaughter's people to actually, like, get anywhere close to Daredevil and you know pull him in whereas like later it's just bullseye's free shit's getting it fucked up well there's a there's a world of difference between bullseye normally where he's he will kill for money or he will kill for revenge or he'll kill just because he wants to whereas you know, during this period, we get we get Bullseye like thinking that everyone on the street is Daredevil and just murdering everyone around him. Right. Um, it is no, it's not well handled, 
but it is it is definitely a more dangerous character um because he is so very good at killing and he has so completely lost his grip with reality so um overall you know like not bad daredevil this week uh you know like i said it's it is frank miller is a a polarizing uh a polarizing figure in comics um especially now um but you know it it is we're 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 actually codifying a lot of what Daredevil is instead of it just being like, shit, man, I don't know. Should we give him a monkey? Um, what if we, what if we, what if we made Daredevil a pirate? Um, it's kind of, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that period the Punisher went through where it was just like, okay, he's an angel. No, he's not anymore. Uh, now he's been killed and brought back as a Frankenstein. Uh, what if we, what if we made him an anime fuck boy? Uh, and it's just kind of like, guys, stop. Like, (laughs) just let him be an obsessive who kills people because his family died. Like, anyway. Um. It is very pick something right yeah um and with daredevil i didn't even need you to pick something good i just needed you to fucking pick something and kind of go with it for a while and slow the hell down and explore something i I didn't care what anything at all and they tossed the book around to so many different folks that there was never any allowance for that yeah so and it, I think that that's definitely one of the reasons why we remember the Frank Miller run so much. I was going to say well, but like that's not really. We remember the Frank Miller run because it's allowed it having one creative, at least one stable creative on it. He's not writing everything yet, but he is doing the art, and he has some influence on the direction of the book because he's the artist. Um, he gets to be like, hey, what if we just did this for like Mm -hmm. three issues? Like we just did one thing for three issues and then we'll get back to some other thing. And then, you know, it's, it's being allowed to just focus because dropping Natasha in, taking her out, having him fall in love with somebody else, Ellen or Karen going away and like all this other stuff. It's like, I, I don't you guys seem to think I care about this guy's love life a lot more than I do like yeah because you're not doing anything right with it well you're not doing anything with it it's just well now he's in love with it it works with spider-man why don't you guys care it's like again spider-man had the same fucking creative team for 15 years that was allowing these characters to grow and me to give a shit about them this is not it you're not doing anything this is not yeah yeah uh we'll get there it's it is like you said it's exciting to be starting and like getting again 
like we've been saying the past few times we've read Daredevil, it's like we're almost there. It's almost it's almost something, and I'm really excited about it. So, well, yeah, it and it is. It's the same issue as with Ms. Marvel, where we're like we've got the her shrink who's like absolutely just like i'm gonna marry that woman and then we've got this dude who works for her and we've got like other potential guys with like you know um wonder man over at the avengers and like all of this stuff and it's just like decide on a love interest whoever that may be decide on one develop that relationship figure out where it's going um or don't just don't is also an option like don't is also an option yeah but like you know if you have to have it because because it's the 70s and we're always writing a a romance book really if you have to have it then at least fucking pick one and have that be the focus and we can remember these other dudes like and like i really like the you know it doesn't happen here but the idea that um wonder man's not a love interest he's just a friend right yeah. like we can do that too like bouncing ideas off of him about the other whichever other guy you pick that's fine but like don't make that the goddamn book like there has to be other conflict um, yeah central to her yeah especially since yeah. we're in a much more interesting place now where she is her and Ms. Marvel are the same thing and not yeah. the wishy-washy back and forth. Like you picked one thing. Good on you. Uh, let's, let's keep that ball moving. Yeah. All right. Uh, Power Man and Iron Fist number 54 has a cover by Keith Pollard, Frank Giacoya and Irving Watanabe uh, written by Ed Hannigan, penciled by Lee Elias, inked by Bob Jenny and Ricardo Villamonte colored by Francois Mouly. Lettered by Gene Simek and Gaspar Saladino. Edited by Bob Hall and Mary Jo Duffy. Um, Now that Luke is connected up with uh, Danny and Jaron Hogarth, Jaron Hogarth is stepping in and sort of developing Luke's business business a bit more. Um, At the same time that this is happening, Danny goes to see Joy Meacham and turns his half of of the company over to her. Um... Because, you know, he's just like, this isn't who I am. I, you know, it's, I am, (laughs) I am not the businessman. I'm the going out and fighting dudes with my feet guy. Uh, Sitting in a boardroom isn't really me right now. Maybe someday it will be. Uh, In the meantime... It's all you. Um, I think he's he's retaining ownership of those shares, though. He's just giving control to her, right? Which... Right. He's he's still he's still like invested in the company. Yeah. But like he's he's saying to her like, I'm not going to be here trying to, you know, trying to run things with you. I will be out of your hair. You do you. Um, so it, and I love that Ward shows up and he's like, "What was that? Why is he here? What the fuck?" And she's like, "He gave me full control. I don't know, man." And Ward is like, <laughs> in here in his head, he's like, "Ulp," which is like, "Yeah, because Ward's bad. 
Word's a bad person. Uh, yeah. And was hoping to get full control for himself. Uh, yeah. Um, but then uh, Luke... Luke is given a contract with Manhattan National Bank. Um, no sooner does this happen than a guy called the Incinerator tries to rob it. Uh, he and some guy he's work with, working with who's a teller there. Uh, but Luke and Danny are able to defeat him, uh, which leads at the very end to Danny just being like, okay, so I guess you're going to be doing that. Can I maybe? And Luke is like, dude, calm down and shows him a business card that has heroes for hire. Um, you know, Luke with Cage. Yeah. With both uh, of their Danny names. Danny Rand. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's nice. Yeah. Luke is a good dude. Um, yeah. Because, like, he knew this was coming anyway. And they'd already been working together pretty much anyway. So, like, this is this is good. I like this. It's a nice yeah. ending. Yep. Uh, so, Power Man and Iron Fist number 55 has a cover by, cover by Bob Layton and Joe Rubenstein, uh, inked by Jim Mooney, colored by Ben Sean, lettered by Diana Albers and Caspar Saladino, and edited by Mary Jo Duffy and Al Milgram. Uh, Luke and, Luke and Danny get hired by a couple different car companies to work an auto show, uh, during which the, um, a group of criminals try to steal the fantastic car, which is on display there. Um, but they stop them. Hooray. And it's, it's funny cause I, I rewatched, uh, the nice guys, the other, uh, night before last i like to imagine this all happening at the same car show i have not, <laughs> i have not seen that i'm told it's good it's i mean here here's what it comes down to is did you like kiss kiss bang bang yeah it's basically more kiss kiss bang bang yeah not a bad thing no, but like you know, it it's I I enjoyed it. Um, it's a it's a fun movie, and I I think that uh, there's a lot of there's a lot about it. Whatever, we're getting a, sorry, but does I it, does it take place during Christmas? No, good. Wait, who is that? But there's a shoot there's a shootout at an auto show as a porno plays. Uh, and I like to imagine that that's happening at the same time as Luke Cage and Danny are, uh, cause it's a car show in the seventies. Uh, -huh. uh, so, you know, whatever, moving on. These issues were good. Uh, I enjoyed them. Um, and we're just kind of establishing our new status quo. Yeah. So. I mean, solid is good. Like, yeah. It's not, it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, so we wrap up this week with a couple issues of Marvel Team-Up, starting with Marvel Team-Up number 78, which has a cover by Al Milgram and is written by Bill Kunkel, penciled by Don Perlin, inked by Frank Giacoya, colored by Mario Sen, lettered by Irving Watanabe, and edited by Al Milgram. 
Uh, this first issue, uh, the Griffin comes back and he is out for revenge on fucking everybody. Uh, he's looking for Beast primarily, but he wants to destroy the Avengers and Spider-Man. Uh, however, the only Avenger on hand is Wonder Man. Uh, so Wonder Man and Spider-Man team up to take down the Griffin. Unfortunately, every time they attack him, uh, the Griffin's constantly changing body responds by getting harder and harder to, to kill. Um, but then eventually he winds up bringing, uh, bringing some shit down on himself and he's seemingly destroyed. So... I remember thinking this is a decent Wonder Man issue. Why did I think that? Uh it's it's not it's not bad. Um we get a few we get a few uh references to Wonder Man's issues surrounding dying again. Um but again, it's in the past tense. Uh, as has been the case for the last few issues we've read with Wonder Man. But if it's in the past tense, I kind of wish we'd stop talking about it. Sure. Okay. Um, but, you know, he he holds his own reasonably well here. He doesn't listen super well. Because, like, because like at one point Spider-Man's like no don't hit him and Wonder Man's like I can't hear you I'm too busy hitting yeah. <laughs> uh, stuff like that but... I can't hit you, hear you I'm too busy hitting him okay what did you say stop hitting him you're gonna have to repeat <laughs> yeah yeah but uh I don't know the art the art wasn't super great um there were some times where it was there were some weird proportions or things that I was just like, uh, no, um, but whatever. Um, Marvel team up number 79 has a cover by John Byrne and Terry Austin and is written by Chris Claremont and John Byrne, penciled by John Byrne, inked by Terry Austin, colored by Glynis Ween, lettered by Tom Orzakowski, and edited by Al Milgram and Roy Thomas. Uh, the upshot of this is that um, there is a there's a display of artifacts at the museum, um, and one of those artifacts is a necklace containing the essence of Kulangath, uh, which latches onto a security guard and starts doing shit. Uh, Peter Parker and Mary Jane happen across the uh, museum as the cops have it surrounded. And Peter, of course, ducks inside to go and do his spider thing. Um, Mary Jane is like, where the fuck did he go? And goes after him. Wanders in and winds up being taken over by a sword containing the essence of Red Sonia. Uh, Red Sonia and Spider-Man fight Kulangath uh, and destroy a wellspring of power that Kulangath was going to use to do stuff. Uh, Kulangath did not realize how much the world had changed. Uh, this gives Spider-Man an opportunity to break the connection, and uh, deal with the necklace. Uh, at which point, Red Sonia is just like, okay, bye! 
and Mary Jane reverts to normal. Um, I mean, this is all pretty standard Marvel team up. It's it's wild, but like only because it's Red Sonja and like Red Sonja comes with all this other stuff where you're like, I have no idea what any of this is because (laughs) no one's reading Red Sonja. I'm sure there's actually a lot of people that read Red Sonja at the time because hot redhead in a bikini. It's not that hard to sell. Um, But like she she punches stuff real hard. And she deals with her own plane of existence. Like, uh... I think, I think the one thing that I really like is, uh, instead of, instead of simply being, like, your standard heroes fighting heroes, wherein it's like, uh, wherein it's just like, like, if you could just stop and talk for a second, everything would be fine. They can't hear... And in fact, Peter fucking tries, but Red Sonia doesn't understand a goddamn word he's saying. So she's just like, stop yelling at me in your gibberish. Or I'm trying to murder you right now. <laughs> like, uh, but like, and they do a better job of communicating than a lot of the heroes fighting heroes stuff normally happens anyway, because he's yeah. like, please stop trying to murder me. I'm going to go punch that guy. And she's like. Oh, all right. You're well, weird. it's only it's only after they're both knocked out and tied up by Kulangath that she realizes, oh, you're not one of his minions. Yeah. Sorry, random weirdo. <laughs> like, <laughs> and to um, be fair, like, you know, she's never seen a person with Spider-Man's powers before thinking that that's fucking demon magic is totally fine, um, especially when they both are when they exit the museum and the museum's all made up to look like their time period so that they're not like, they're not freaked out by the museum. It's when they get outside and they see all the cars and the lights and the buildings that both of them are just like, yeah. Yeah. And they're both just like, Jesus, what is all this? And punch. Um, it's again, it's a solid issue. It's, nothing to write home about but that's uh sometimes better than you really need to work with red so or with the team up which is essentially it's it's a solid advertisement issue do you like this girl go read her book go buy her book yep yeah the watcher's guides top five Okay, top five. Uh, starting out, number five. Hank Pym, stop it. <laughs> like, whatever you're doing. No, 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 no. I was just going to reheat this this, uh, this hot pocket. You're going to kill us all with that hot pocket. You've, you've modified the microwave somehow, haven't you? Um, number four. Number four is, <laughs> I can't hear you over all of this hitting. From Wonder Man punching uh, Basilisk. And number three, uh, Herc thinks it's a Thorple now. Like, that's just a much better reading. Like, if just being like, <laughs> all right, well, you know, didn't know I was into it, but I'm into it. Uh, number two is the Deathstalker fight. 
um, because it was a a good dynamic Daredevil fight that we don't get a lot of. Um, And number one is Sue fighting, fixing, breaking part of the Baxter building because that was rad. And that's me. Quick one. Yeah. Uh, My number five is uh, Reed Richards is a terrible tenant. Yes. Uh, Won't be getting a reference from that landlord. Won't be getting Um, his deposit back. Yeah. It's just like, so wait, you made the entire top of the building detach? Yeah. How did I not see this construction happening? I don't know, man. Like, oh, man, it was weeks. It was <laughs> lots of stuff. It took weeks. <laughs> like, it seems like some of the other tenants should have called the landlord and been like, hey, so they're sawing off the top <laughs> half of the building. Is Did you sign off on that? Uh, some of the other tenants ought to be like, hey, so he's dropping reinforced I-beams through my apartment? Because he says he's top, he's sawing off the top of the building and he wants to reinforce the lower levels. Uh, did you know about this? Is this cool? Do I get a, do I get a month off? Like, let's... Yeah. 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 Uh, number... What, what was that? That was four? Yeah. No, that was... Shit, that was five. Yeah, it was fun. I don't know. Yeah. So Reed Richards won't be getting a reference. Number four, everything Hank Pym try, touches tries to kill the Avengers. Number three, stop hitting him. What? <laughs> I can't hear you over the hitting. Uh, number two, Sue was Sue was awesome. Yeah. Um, and number one is, yay, Danny and Luke off wins. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. Nice little moment at the end of that issue. Uh, so, that is it for this week. Next week, we've got some two-in-one, some, ma- some more Master of Kung Fu, Nova, Team-Up, Doctor Strange, and some X-Men. Yay. So, that's, yeah. That's quite um, the, the spread. I think next, next week we actually get the first Alpha Flight. Um cool so yeah uh but in the meantime uh rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts email us at watchersguide@gmail.com. like us on facebook follow us both individually and at watchersguidemu and visit our website at watchersguide.com have a marvelous week bye <laughs>